communication is really communicating from the perspective of how you impact what someone does, not what you do. Welcome to the Disruptance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric Forney and Michael Bounds. Every week on the show, we aim to disrupt the way real estate agents and entrepreneurs think about business and life. And Mike, today, I want to disrupt the way you think about what you do. And that's because what you do doesn't matter. Now, maybe maybe I should rephrase that because what you do actually does matter. But re- more, <laughs> than, more than anything, what you do doesn't matter until people understand the impact that you make on them by doing whatever it is that you do. And so one of the things that I've encountered, especially recently in, in my own business and life, is that oftentimes we take this perspective of when people ask, what do you do? We take from the perspective of explaining or yeah. thinking that they understand. When I say real estate agent, that that means something to them that's understandable or that we've communicated with clarity um, what I mean by that. And yet the reality is, is that all of it falls on deaf ears until they understand how I impact their life or their business by explaining the the effect that I have on, on their life by doing what I do. And so um, I found that in communication, the most effective way to communicate is by, by actually uh, creating a clear understanding of the impact. Yeah, um, just like I, I mentioned this earlier to you guys. So um, like right now, words matter. And so the issue is we throw out words and what it is that we do titles. And we're not really what one person uh, hears is it not necessarily what the other person is saying. So even though what I think of is a realtor has changed since um early on you know in my career to now being an entrepreneur so now when i say i'm a realtor it's totally different than what i'm trying to communicate to other people because they don't they're not at the stage in their life or in their career to where being a realtor is to them does that make sense yeah well it I think, but well, <laughs> and that's the challenge of communication. Right? Right. We talked about that on our last show. And so w- when, when someone asks what you do and you respond with, I'm a realtor, what does that mean to you? Right. Well, because the thing is, it changes. Now, when I, when I early was a realtor, I was more of a salesperson. Now I'm an entrepreneur. So um, my, so my, my, so for example, my constituents or the people, my, my target audience was for, for buyers. Well, then as I grew, uh, my conversation got around helping sellers. Now I'm having conversations with other real estate agents on how to, like, to me, being a realtor is being a coach. I coach buyers, I coach sellers, and now as an entrepreneur, I'm coaching other real estate agents to help buyers and sellers. Okay, so, so you said now you're an entrepreneur, and now you're a coach because you're coaching, you're coaching your buyers, you're coaching your sellers, you're coaching real estate agents. Um, it, I almost hear that as like you're a, you're a facilitator, 
right? You're like helping people get from where they are now to where they want to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's fascinating is I've never seen that anywhere in the code of ethics or in the description of a real estate agent is that their real realtor is coach and facilitator. Right. And so it, one of the challenges we have in, in explaining or in communicating what we do in our, in our industry is there are so many perceptions of what a realtor is or what a realtor does. In fact, I oftentimes never respond with that. I'm a realtor because I don't actually don't even like the connotation that comes with saying that I'm a real, that I'm a realtor, right? Whatever the consumer hears is likely not at all what my life or business looks like. Right. And so I try not to actually ever respond that way. And, and, and that's the challenge that we have in our industry is, is explaining your role as team leader, you know, is how do we, how do people understand the impact that team leader has? Cause being team leader is one of the most nondescript yeah. job titles. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the actual job description and job duty, um, it is incredibly in, in, in um, nondescript when you say that the same way that being a realtor is. So how do you overcome that with people? So you have to bridge gaps. So a lot of it is discovery. Um, by bridging, when I say when I bridge gaps, what I do is I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a home coach. So people understand I help I help people buy and sell real estate. When I'm having conversations with a real estate agent from a recruiting perspective, I'm a real estate agent coach. My job is to help you uh, get your have your career go from point A to point B. Where do you want it to go? Okay, chances are I've been there. Let's put action steps in order to get you where you want to be. If you're work, if you're a buyer or a seller, what is it that you want? Okay, let's put action steps to get you where you need to be. There's no difference. So the, I'm able to run multiple businesses because I approach it the exact same way. The only thing changes is my target and my message. Okay. And if you were to guess, what do you think people think? Of? And maybe, you know what, maybe this is a better question for Kate and Tyler. Um, <laughs> because they have the third party, like outside perspective. And, and they, can, they can generalize without hate that Michael and I will get if we, if we do so. <laughs> uh, what, when someone's, when, if, if you ask someone what they do and they respond and say they're a realtor, what comes to mind for you? Uh, probably you drive around town a lot and you show houses. Okay. So somebody who is showing houses and likely operating from their car. And you know what? There was a day in, in my business as a, when I was a realtor that, or I guess I still am, but when right. I was actively practicing as a real estate agent where that was actually my reality. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much. So I was like, the world's like, you did not want me on the road as a realtor because I was probably doing things that are not supposed to be done on the road, which <laughs> might've involved my phone and right. Writing, right. So, yeah. Yeah. um, so, so which that's probably an accurate description. To drive you. What's you, that? You, you ended up hiring somebody. That's to drive right. You. Yeah, that's right. Because the biggest, the biggest impediment to my growth was the fact that I spent most of my day driving. So I actually hired someone and had them drive for me. Yeah. Yeah. Which seemed like work. it was real bougie, but like that was the biggest encumbrance of my time was actually driving so yeah. it seemed like i needed a driver yeah yeah and you know you just have to run into a couple of people to learn that lesson you know yeah <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> yeah over. which i totally was doing all the time definitely all the time. was just yep. running people over for sure <laughs> 
So, so you think of someone driving, Kate, do you have a different perspective than that? Well, mainly it's someone I have to answer the phone with is what I actually think about is okay. like scheduling listings and like someone who's so stressed out and like can barely have time to give me all the details that I need. Mm, that's yeah. my like true that's your, experience with that's, them. We, I, but that's from working that, with but them. Both of those are pretty accurate depictions yeah, yeah. for some people as the well. The problem is we're all, we are all of those things yeah. at some point in time. This yeah. is the problem is I think that going into being a realtor we don't even like realtors don't know what realtors are. So like this has been a journey for me, like yeah. red pill, pill, blue pill. Like yeah. I've just ended up here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, so like the the problem is if the further you go down that path, that that realtor, that path uh, to becoming an entrepreneur depends on where you are on that on that continuum. And that's where people the problem is. Everybody thinks this is HGTV. They think, but that's literally half of the job. The other half is getting in front of people on a regular basis. So, like, it's fair for people to think that that's what the job is, but there's so much more to it. And it's hard to communicate that to buyers because then that's your value proposition. Yeah. Or your sellers. You're saying, okay, yeah, you guys see me driving around in this nice car and you see us showing homes, but there's so much more to the business. And it's really hard to communicate that. Absolutely. It, it is. Um, it has become probably even harder for you, I would imagine. I know for me. It has become incrementally harder for me to explain what I do if it's with consumers. And that's because, you know, I, I recently vowed to take basically no more new appointments. Um, personally, I, I realized that it was better. I think we may have mentioned this, that I just think it's yeah. like the best thing for everyone. <laughs> All is, involved. <laughs> is to like, like have me operate as like yeah. an advisory role, right? Is yeah. like be a senior advisor on their, on their move, not point, not point guard. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm better being up in the, up in the press box watching it than I am to be coordinating it. And, um, and so no one thinks about that role when I say I am a until you get to a yeah. position to where you can, you, that is your, like mm -hmm. when I'm down here yeah, and I'm looking, I'm like, Whoa, like, yeah. right. But once you get up there, you understand it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Well, it makes sense to me because that's my <laughs> reality. I don't, but I'm not, I've not figured out if it makes sense to the consumer yet. So when I go on an appointment or when someone goes, Hey, I've been calling you and I can't, and you, you didn't answer, you didn't respond. Um, how do I, how do I explain to them? Hey, I didn't respond because I've been on nine hours of zoom meetings back to back yeah. <laughs> doing real estate things that unfortunately may not have been what you, what you envisioned when you thought about realtor, you know, um, the other, the other day I was on a meeting with the board of realtors to mm -hmm. discuss builder relations and realtor relations and appraisal relations and, and the partnership, how do we improve the industry? Those are, those are the things that I do now as a realtor that I did not do at one point in time that do actually still benefit consumers. Absolutely. That do still keep me plugged in to um, what it's like to be a real estate agent on a daily basis but it's a dynamic that has changed. And so 
you know, I had to really sit down and start to craft out a more concise and clear message about the impact that I have when I explain what I do rather than um, give a, a title or, or an official professional designation. And so what I came up with is that, um, that we specialize in real estate training and operations for achievement focused real estate agents. Right. Right. Because it's the impact that our business has is that we focus on real estate training and operations support for achievement focused real estate agents. Because at the end of the day, my customer, my primary focus is agents who want to be achievers who want to build a high, highly effective, highly leveraged roles in real estate. Um, and we do that through training and through support. Right. If you're not someone who's focused on achievement, I'm probably not wildly effective for you. Right. We probably don't speak the same language, unfortunately. Right. And yeah, that's I'm okay. Burn you out. Yeah. I'm burn you out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, um, and if you're and if you're someone who um, is not interested in improving improving operations, systems, models, efficiencies, we probably don't speak the same language. Right. And if you're someone who doesn't value a, like with a premium training, right, we probably don't. We're probably not a great fit. Right. And, and so I had dance. had to think about how what what is what do I do and but not what do I do what what do I impact. And who is my target audience in the most clear and concise way? And so we specialize in real estate training for the in operations for the achievement focused real estate agent. So I use a lot of anybody who watches the show or listens to the show. I use a lot of analogies. So this is how I explain to my clients my role as a real estate agent. I tell them I'm an executive. When you go to your doctor's office, your doctor doesn't clean the toilets, schedule your appointment, confirm your appointment. Your doctor doesn't do all those things. Your doctor's an executive. Your doctor has a staff to do that does that. So what's happened is I've had a little level a level of success selling real estate and what it's done is it's actually made me a bad real estate agent. <laughs> yeah. My wife yeah. hates me and my clients hate me because when you are juggling such a big a lot of people, you do a bad job for everyone. So what I do is I have a team and we run just like an executive team. So not my job is to delight you, to, to provide excellent customer service. And I want you to tell everybody about what it is that we do. So that's the reason why I've partnered with this agent and their job is to make sure that your needs are fulfilled. I work in tandem with this person. We have a, a transaction coordinator, and that jo- their job is to delight you once you're under contract and make sure all your all your questions are answered and you are happy. So by me being able to team up with talented people, I'm able to serve you in a much better way. So that's the way I communicate that to them, and then and it and it allows it allows me to say, okay, when you have this problem. You need to go to this person. And this is the reason why. Yeah. And one of the things I heard you say is that in one of the things that I've really observed in, in, in some recent challenges business wise is that we have to, we have to craft our message from the perspective of the listener. Yeah. It is when we think about telling the story or a story, it needs to be from the perspective of you and you, the listener. 
And so the person who's listening to this podcast needs to know that I'm talking to them. And, and oftentimes we tell stories and a great way to audit it is how many times do we use first person pronouns <laughs> when we, yeah. when we tell stories, yeah. when in fact, the best way to connect is how do we tell stories from the perspective of you? Yeah. And, and when we do, then it shifts how we craft that narrative, how you that, hear it, how right. they hear it. Mm -hmm. You're not bragging. That's I'm, right. This is how I apply it to me. Correct. Everybody goes into a doctor's office and be really weird. If my doctor was cleaning the toilet. Yeah. And if your doctor was also, <laughs> and if your doctor was telling you about his ailments. Yeah. Right. And how his treatments helped him. Yeah. Right. Now it might valid. He might help validate himself. And the treatment, if he if he shared an anecdotal story about how it helped his wife or someone who is important to him, yeah, because that would at least validate. Hey, when th when there was this terminal condition, the doctor trusted this so much he had it done with his own family. Right. So sometimes it works effectively to share anecdotes that are personal and firsthand as well. But most of the time, we need that perspective to be from the standpoint of the listener. And so, you know, we I, we've really looked at it and said, okay, how do I craft then? questions or messages that are even more you focused for the agent like uh, how is the on-demand nature of real estate impacting your family and work has there ever been a real estate agent who didn't have yeah. an on-demand nature of real estate agent that's what that's what kate said right is that all i think about when i think about real estate agents i think about the fact that they're on demand so much they have no ability to process the details and information needed to schedule a call and for that photos and for, or photos. Yeah, that's <laughs> for right. Photos. Yeah. And that's different than, um, than if we are in a conversation with a real estate agent or if we're recruiting and we, you know, and say, Hey, when I was like you, I also didn't have time because I was on demand. Right. It's more effective to present the problem from the you listener perspective of, Hey, how is the on demand nature of real estate impacting you and your family yeah yeah because it makes it a be it makes it about them it's their pain so like okay you're doing this uh how is that impacting you and then so then that could be your why so that'll help you like move from point a to point b yeah and so what we know is that that universally people are relatively all the same and, and that's going to, I realize it's a broad generalization, but despite what the media and the news will tell you is, is that actually people are the same. Yeah, we're the same. Um, Michael and I, we look different slightly. Um, yeah. You're way more handsome than I am, <laughs> but, but yeah. otherwise we're the same, right? Yeah, yeah. In that we have the core basic human needs and desires. And when we think about the same, the, from the same perspective, we can apply that pr professionally, we're the same. Right. In that. We know that universally real estate agents have the same challenges. Business owners have the same challenges. They manifest themselves differently, right. but they are universally the same problems. And so when we structure our message to hit the universal problems, we're able to connect with you, the listener, more effectively. Right. And so what I know is that real estate agents have roughly the same problem regardless of where they are in their growth trajectory. Totally. More time, more money, 
or I guess I should say not enough time, not enough money or both, not enough. the <laughs> believe to be. Yeah, correct. Not yeah. the belief of not enough leads. Now that's really just a manifestation of not enough money, but not enough leads. Um, Conversion. Uh, yeah, not, not enough people, which is really just a man or the right people, which is a manifestation of time and money time. typically. All, to be yeah. honestly, everything, do you remember in math how you do, do a d- divide yeah. and you keep going? Everything divides back to time and money. Yeah. The only other thing that I think that we could throw in, and it doesn't apply for everyone, which is not enough impact and legacy. There are, there is a point in time in your career when you get to, I'm not there yet. That you, <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm still time. And money. Right? Like, I'm not legacy yet. <laughs> like I, I've gotten to the like legacy place some okay, um, good where, and I say that because what I wanted to accomplish, I accomplished. Right. And you know, I shared the stories, you know, I was number one individual agent in the region by luck. And then I was the number one. I mean, I had to have a lot of things aligned in my life though. Also at that exact time to, to facilitate that. I didn't have, I didn't have a wife and kids. Yeah. I didn't have any obligations other than an obsessive amount of drive and focus and, and enough leads and, and the, the skill set before I joined to, to, to make the right decisions that played out effectively to do that. And then we started a team and we were the number one team the first year that we started. And so we got lucky there and that we had the right people and the right system and the right environment. And we just multiplied that. Um, How many times did you read that book though? Um, I think, Maybe three times prior to that was so. My what guess. you're telling me, like luck, but I'm telling you, yeah, I did this. Yeah, and, I mean, there's some luck in there. Yeah, but I got my teeth kicked in. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> I think that, that I think sometimes though that that's important too. Is that you know there's there's a ton of fascinating psychology and fallacies around the hindsight bias, right? Know. And around like where know. where we where we put um, you know too much credit on events believing that their core that their correlation was causal to an outcome and and so i you know when i look at it, i'm just trying to say hey there there is correlation and then there's uh causation right. of outcomes and you know I, I like when we when we started a team i was fortunate to have really great people and that made what i was doing as an individual exponentially more effective um you know we uh, did i had brand new agents selling 40 plus houses in their first year because they were they were great people yeah and they were talented they were rock stars and then with chris running operations i mean chris is wildly talented and he and i had great synergy right and sometimes steve jobs and wozniak get together to make apple right and sometimes you know you've got Balmer and and Bill Gates. I mean, there there are a lot of like happenstance of synergy that occurs to to multiply the outcome and multiply the effectiveness. And, and but what I realized though is that it becomes once you achieve it and when you don't actually expect it to happen, and then you go out and year two was way scarier than year <laughs> one because when you have to go defend a title, yeah. And and when you get your first yeah. hit, your Billboard Top 100, that's a big deal. Yeah. But then when you need another Billboard Top 100 to not be the yeah. Macarena, yeah, 
that's much heavier. And so once doing it three times, when we, when we main, when we grew three years in a row, it as uh, you know, to, to two plus million in GCI, it, the weight of that one has gone to now it's now it's impact. Now it's legacy, right? So I think that it's money time legacy if you could strip it down, but otherwise there's not much more from a problem perspective that's universal. I think what's also in those beginning years too is like the naiveness that you have towards yes, yeah, everything. You ha- yeah, you like have to you, be naively arrogant. Yeah. yeah. And so and, you, and, or you wouldn't do it. Correct. correct. <laughs> you would be like, yo, this is crazy. Because yeah, you hear correct. about like how you sold 76 houses your first year. Yeah, nobody like, told me that it couldn't be done or that it was unusual. I didn't know that that wasn't supposed to happen. Or that you that just that, did it. Correct. I know. I had, I've had. <laughs> i often thought that about myself. You know, Keller Williams has given me so, so much um, as a, as an, as a business person, as an individual for my life. Like, you know, I think that my business is probably five to 10, is probably five to 10 X and earnings have probably 10 to 15 X since being a part of the company. Uh, but I don't know if I was a brand new agent, if I would have had the exact same outcome, because somebody might have found me at the at the office refrigerator and told me that 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 no one sells 130 houses their second yeah. year. Yeah. And that may have had some impact on the result I got. Right. I'm, like, maybe I would have taken my foot off the gas. Yeah. Maybe I would have freaked out. Justified. Yeah you know mutual releases or deals that didn't work out or customers that didn't that didn't come to fruition instead i just was naively arrogant enough to not know any different yeah there is a value in being young enough and dumb enough yeah to not know better and just go do it yeah cuz i mean that's the thing that when i'm i'm in a, i'm talking to agents every day and uh that's the i might bless their heart they tell me these stories about what i hope you do yeah yeah, man you know and i don't ever want to be that diminishing type person that ever uh but like that's absolutely right you have to balance what reality with you know market forces Mm -hmm. and um a lot of times there's people that they can totally do that yeah they just have to like seek models Mm -hmm. they they want big results but they don't have a game plan, a strategy to strategic get to that goal. They just hope that it happens. And I wonder too, Mike, is do do people need someone to also simultaneously believe in them? Like there's a lot of power in knowing that someone believes that you can also do it. You know, I totally believe that. Yeah. I know there's been times on my lowest when I want to quit. Uh, I remember my aunt telling me when I was a kid, Mikey, you're going to be the first millionaire in the family. That's awesome, dude. And so that's so cool. there's been times where I've wanted to quit and I've heard my aunt say that in my head. Yeah. <laughs> does yeah, that make that's sense? Cool. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. You know, T- Tyler, when we went to Vegas in 2018, this is what I, when, what made me really start to think that was, um, I was, I was preaching at a Zillow event and, um, and this lady came up to me afterwards and said, did she asked me a question that I'd never thought of. She's like, did your mom tell you you could do anything and everything you ever wanted to do when you were a kid? Did she like, was she convinced that you could do anything? And I'm like, yeah, she was. Yeah, absolutely. My mom's that way. And she's like, yeah, me too. I think that's why you can, I think that's why you can do it. And I was like, damn, that's profound. Like yeah. how much confidence did that give me 
knowing that somebody actually, whether true or not, I think that my mother thinks that, whether true or not, that, that like, that, hey, it wasn't just me who thought that that was possible. Right. That is interesting. What about um, something, somebody or something to prove wrong? How does that come into your business totally, when you have totally. a nice little chip on your shoulder? Is totally. that? Yeah, I use that too. Like, uh, it's like a tug, yin and yang, yeah. tug, tug. So, like, I'll um, uh, shut the haters up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not going to amount to anything. And then um, the, the number one way. Has anybody that, ever told you that? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, in, in a lot of people, they, I've had people attribute. I get I sell so many houses because of because I'm black or, yeah or or whatever which and, is fascinating right you're like wow that's cool the, yeah when, did I, when, did, when that became a perk I had no idea like <laughs> right. wow my whole life I had no clue this was a benefit like, yeah this is new to me like, this is okay <laughs> this is what it feels like huh? got it yes to be in the majority finally I'm yeah, made that's it. right <laughs> so but like yeah I, there's definitely has to be a chip on your shoulder and then also you have to be like there's certain people when they tell you like I had, I have had people say to me, Mike, you know, you're going to make it or whatever. And I listen to them and there's some people, so you have to be selective and you have to, there's people I'm proving wrong. I still have a girlfriend from high school that, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to prove that, um, she made a bad decision by breaking up with me and cheating on me. And I'm still kind of proving her wrong. That's hilarious. Man. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Uh, but you know, Tyler, I guess to answer your question, if you, if you absolutely, I think that that matters. I think it can be toxic at a certain point too. Uh, but it, there's no doubt that proving um, haters wrong absolutely can be fuel. The, the challenge can be is when there's a lot of haters or a lot of really loud haters. Yeah. Um, powerful haters is, is <laughs> yeah, is not cracking. Right. Um, and so I think about like Jordan, for instance, right. Jordan was somebody who got a ton of fuel from haters Yeah, and went out of his way to manufacture hate when there wasn't hate. Yeah. Just, as as yeah. power pellets yeah i mean somebody like a david goggins right i mean yeah. you, like i think about the story of uh we started we broke our team into like squads because there's so many of us now yeah. that we broke that we found our morning meetings every morning they were taking too long and so we're like all right we're gonna we're gonna tether the organization and create some small groups like what a church would be and yeah and um and split things up but what it makes me think of was, uh, David Goggins' rant about boat crew too. And, uh, and when he was a Navy SEAL, he imagined that the um, SEAL sergeants were going to go home and be comfortable in their beds with, the, with their, their spouses and it was going to be air-conditioned and they were going to sleep and, and the SEALs during Hell Week were going to be outside still awake for 120-plus hours freezing in the water and they were going to, and they were going to like find comfort in the fact that the sar that the sergeants were going to be comfortable in bed. And so instead he decided that they were going to go and wreck the mindset of the sergeants so that they had to be more uncomfortable than the seals were by, by not cracking and not breaking and not showing any intimidation or any like uh, fatigue that week 
by lifting the boats instead, like in military pressing the boats during, uh, during hell week, instead of carrying them, they wow. were going to like duty martyr. intimidate this, the seals to know that they were not, when you go home and you're comfortable in bed, we're going to still be out here awake carrying the boats like boat crew too. And I want you to question why you're the weakest one in the SEAL team when you go home to your comfy bed when I'm out here pressing boats and carrying logs without cracking. And so I think there's absolutely that energy to it. As long as you channel it effectively, uh, then it it works. The challenge with it, though, can become is when you when you need that fuel source you go there yeah to the dark side yes. way more than you go to the light side that's what it's called it's the dark side yeah yes it's the dark side but you're absolutely right so like my energy so to me that's um it's like willpower and habits like if you want a successful career build systems and models around habits um when you go to the dark side is where um the systems and models kind of you need a little more uh, juice, um, then that's kind of where you kind of go. <laughs> if that makes any absolutely. sense, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> it's like kind of willpower. Uh, yeah, it's it's that extra nitrous yeah. of energy, right? When you when you need a burst, uh, for sure. And so, so when I think about kind of tying a bow on all of this and and really bringing everything back to like, okay, how do how does a, how does the listener take action? Like, how do you at, at home? think about reworking communication in a way that is most effective for the person you're communicating with. I think somebody has to re- first start with their audience. Like who is your audience? Yeah. What, what, how do they feel? How do they think? What do they need to feel? What do they need to see? What do they need to think in order to take action or take, um, take the necessary actions in order to create the change that you facilitate in your current role. And so when we, when we think about creating that message to either recruit real estate agents, um, you know, it's thinking from the perspective of those universal problems. How do I craft my message around more time, more money, more legacy? legacy. For some people it's leads for some people, they believe it is something else. So maybe I need to speak that language, what their perception is down to that. That's right. And then build back up to that. How I'm going to fix your problem is actually these three universal truths because all these are tales of one of these three truths that's that's perfect because the lead the leads more leads is actually a manifestation of more money right right and but you believe the the most agents believe that at times they have a leads problem or that they have a listings problem right the only reason they they need any of those things is because they have a money problem or a money goal and and so we can get there, but we've got to go through the path of least resistance, which is leads, listings, leverage. Right at the end of the day, though, they are universally the same problem. And yeah. so, uh, when we, now let's flip <laughs> it and think about okay, as a real estate agent, what should you be crafting your message around for the consumer? Well, it, you know, we think about what is what is what are the things that it can what are the reasons why the consumer takes action to move. Because moving is a big freaking yeah. headache. Yeah. At least it is the last time I moved. And and so it That's requi- your message. Yeah. Effortless. Streamline. Like you that's what they want. Absolutely, move. right? If that's their that, 
hot button. That's right. So I, I have to think about what is it that they are moving for? What is right. the actual root cause, first Pain. principle of why someone would put themselves in an inconvenient position that of high stress, high emotion, very disruptive for a family or for an individual? Why would you, why would someone do that? Well, they're, they're almost always moving towards pleasure or away from pain. And that pain doesn't need to be real. It needs to be imaginary future pain. Oftentimes the, the husband whose wife is pregnant with their third child has an imagined future pain if they live in a three bedroom home right, or if they live in a bathroom. two bedroom home. Yeah. And so I need to craft my message for what that person's universal pain is. And right. It's almost always something that is future friction based. And that's going to be more, more, more peace of mind, more, more time, more money, you know, less, less, less pain. Yeah. And creating a, a best case scenario future impact. And so oftentimes I need to un uncover that through needs analysis, but I can also tailor the message based on who my, who my ideal audience is. Right. In fact, I believe we did a very early episode about this, which was like marketing and messaging around how do you, how do you take someone on a journey right. as their guide? It is that same principle of communication is really communicating from the perspective of how you impact what someone does, not what you do. I watch commercials and commercials help me um, with my business from a marketing perspective. Yeah. Because if you look at commercials, they literally strip down. What do you want to know about that business? Mm -hmm. And so you have to approach your business that way. So right now sellers are a really big thing, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to focus your business around sellers. So if you're looking at it from a real, if you're a real estate agent, is your message, is your branding, is everything you're communicating and you're advertising around buyers or sellers right now? Okay, so then you need to identify what are you who are you trying to talk to? That's right. If you're trying to talk to buy, if you're trying to mm -hmm. talk to sellers, why is all your advertising talking about first time home buyers? Yeah. Who is your audience? Who is your audience? Mm -hmm. And then talk to that audience That's over right. and over. That's all commercials are is programming. They're programming you to think of them. So all you have to do in your business, you craft a message. What is it the sellers need? I want to sell my home uh, for, for the most amount of money and the least effort. Well, there's your message. Say that over and over and over. And then people start remembering you for that. <laughs>